Hello, hello, hello. I greet you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Almighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, the Holy Ghost. It's a wonderful day. This Sunday school time with Greater Gospel Temple and Inspiration of God Ministries right here on the World Wide Web. I am so thankful to God for everything that He's doing, He's done, and He will do in our lives. Everything that God does, He does it because He loves us. He wants us to live holy, prosperous lives. That's what He wants us to do. And we're going to go into the Sunday School lesson. And you know, those of you who follow me know that I use the L.G. Parkhurst Sunday School Commentary, L.G. Parkhurst Jr. It's www.ouosu.com. And it's L.G. Parkhurst Jr.'s Commentary. And we're in John, the 12th chapter, and the the 27th through the 36th verses today. And our Sunday School lesson is entitled, How to Avoid Deception and Darkness. Oh, this is a good one. I am going to go to the scripture now and read John, the 12th chapter, the 27th through the 36th verses. We'll go there and get our scripture done. Oh, yes. By the grace of God, Jesus will fix it for you. He knows just what to do whenever you pray. Let the Lord have his way. Jesus will fix it for you. Okay. Our scripture is, Now is my soul troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour, but for this cause came I unto this hour. Father, glorify thy name. Then came there a voice from heaven, saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. The people, therefore, that stood by and heard it, said that it thundered. Others said, an angel spake to him. Jesus answered and said, This voice came not because I of me, but for your sakes. Now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. This he said, signifying that death of This he said, signifying what death he should die. The people answered him, We have heard out of the law that Christ abideth forever. And how sayest thou, the the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is this Son of Man? Then Jesus said unto them, Yet a little while is the light with you. 
Walk while ye have the light, lest darkness come upon you. For he that walketh in darkness knoweth not whither he goeth. While ye have light, believe in the light, that ye may be the children of light. These things spake Jesus, and departed, and did hide himself from them. My, my, my. My, my, my. Talking about how not to be deceived. How to avoid deception and darkness. And the focal scripture is, Jesus said to the crowd, The light is with you for a little longer. Walk while you have the light so that the darkness may not overtake you. If you walk in the darkness, you do not know where you are going. And that's John, the 12th chapter and the 35th verse. And that's the New Revised Standard Version. Okay, so how to avoid deception and darkness. Now, Jesus Christ is the Word made flesh who dwelt among us. In Hebrews, the fourth chapter and the 15th verse, we read, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who in every respect has been tested as we are, yet without sin. Now that's the key right there yet without sin. So since Jesus is fully God and fully human, as a man he suffered and contemplated future suffering and death in the flesh as we do. Jesus did not face suffering and death as one unconcerned or as one who saw it as no problem. No, as fully God and fully human, When Jesus saw Mary weep over the death of Lazarus as one who knew he was going to raise Lazarus from the dead, Jesus was greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved. Then Jesus wept. Jesus came to conquer the devil and death, and he knew he could only do so if he lived without sin through every type of test we face and if he died as a sacrifice for our sins. So as the Son of God on earth, Jesus did not feel indifferent to sin, suffering, death, and the needs of others. Neither did his Father in heaven. Nobody understands sin, suffering, death, and what it means to perish better than our Father and Jesus. And that is one of the reasons the Father sent the Son into the world. In John chapter 3, verse 16, we studied... For God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but may have eternal life. Jesus was understandably troubled troubled about dying in the flesh and what that would mean to him as a man in his spiritual battle against the devil and death. 
Jesus was also troubled when he contemplated the fact that a professed friend would betray him and what that meant for both of them. In John, the 13th chapter and the 21st verse, we read, After saying this, Jesus was troubled in spirit and declared, Verily, verily, I I tell you, one of you will betray me. He knew that Satan would enter Judas and the consequences for someone if they became demon-possessed. In Matthew, the 26th chapter and the 24th verse, Jesus said, The Son of Man goes as it is written of him, but woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been better for that one not to have been born. My goodness. Jesus grieved, knowing the suffering and death that Judas would face for betraying him. Oh, my God. He's an awesome God, isn't he? Even though he knew, he knew it before he came to this world, that Judas would betray him, and he was saddened by the suffering that Judas would do because he would betray him. He knew And he had pity on him because he is God and he loves every soul. But now remember the soul that sinneth and doesn't repent, it shall die. Okay. Now, Jesus was troubled about many things as he faced death, but he does not want those who believe in him to be troubled about death as they face death because he has conquered the devil and death for us. To encourage his disciples and us before his death, Jesus said in John the 14th chapter in the first verse, do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. Furthermore, Jesus has sent the Holy Spirit to help us when we do face troubles. So in John, the 14th chapter, the 26th through the 27th verses, Jesus promised, But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I have said to you. The Holy Ghost is coming. God's going to send the Holy Ghost. And he sent it in my, Jesus' name. And it's going to teach us everything. And then it will remind us of everything that Jesus has said through his word. And he was talking to the disciples back then who were with him. And personally, they had the experience and they were able to see and hear him speak directly to them and to the people, other people. But he said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not let them be afraid. Jesus is telling us now 
Don't let our hearts be troubled. Don't let your hearts be afraid. So as Jesus faced to death, he tried to comfort others. We will have much to learn from these verses in the weeks ahead. So as Jesus faced death, he felt troubled, but Jesus did not let his troubles dominate him or turn him from doing what he came to do in obedience to his father. To make the point, Jesus asked a rhetorical question. He was not praying for the father to save him from the hour or from his time of time to die. Jesus came to die and he was not going to let his troubles deter him as he declared. It is for this reason that I have come to this hour for this reason. So he was he fulfilled his mission. He came. He had a mission and he came to fulfill that mission, even though his heart was broken because of the things that were to come and the things that had come. So to encourage, help, and motivate us to keep obeying God as followers of Jesus Christ when we face testing and troubles, we need to remember these words in Hebrews 12, the 12th chapter, the first or the third verses. Therefore, since we are surrounded By so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely and let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, who for the sake of the joy that was set before him endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such hostility against himself from sinners so that you may not grow weary or lose heart. My, my, my. And I was watching a movie a few days ago. And this man, because I tell you, the inevitable is coming. We're going to die a natural death or we're going to be changed when Jesus comes back for the rapture. So if we're still alive, we will be changed in the moment in the twinkling of an eye from mortal to immortal. And But those who have died in the Lord, those who are saved, will rise first and be caught up to meet God. And then those of us, if we are one of those who remain and we're saved, we'll be caught up to meet him in the air. Everybody is going to go before the judgment seat of God. But the inevitable, definitely, the inevitable is coming. None of us is here on this earth forever. We're not going to live a natural life forever. It's coming. And so in this movie, the man told the the guy, he said, I'm dying. And he said, from the time we are born, we start dying. 
And so he said, and death is the only reminder. So he's saying death reminds us that we are dying each and every day. And I said, wow. And so I, when I watch television, I watch movies, I don't, I don't say I'm right constantly looking for quotes and looking for things that make sense, but I always want to know what is the, uh, some people say plot, what is this all about? And then they might say something, a sentence or something, and then it grabs me and I write it down or speak it into my phone or my computer so that I can remember it because these things are important to me. Just one sentence, one sentence sometimes in a movie, but this guy told him that I'm dying. And he said, from the day we're born, we start dying and death is the only reminder of the fact that we are dying. Isn't that amazing? Okay, so Jesus is telling them, don't lose heart. Consider him who endured such hostility against himself from sinners so that you may not grow weary or lose heart. He tells us, don't lose heart. Don't lose heart. Jesus knew he had to go. He knew he had to go. That's why he came here, so that he could come and show us the way to live, show us that it is possible through him to live a sinful life because he came so that uh, when we speak his name, then God will hear us. And he said, if we ask for forgiveness, repent of our sins, then God will hear us. If we say in the name of Jesus, we can't, we have to go through Jesus to get to God. But he came so that we might have life and have it more abundantly. So therefore he came, he walked the earth. I say he was 33 years old when he gave his life. Nobody took it, he gave his life. He surrendered his life for us so that he could rise on the third day and in the process of him in the tomb, his death period, He was doing other things. He went to hell and spoke to the dead down there. He got the keys of death and all of that. He did so much. 33 years and then after he gave his life for three days before he arose again, he accomplished everything so that eternal life is set for us right now. So uh, because the Father and the Son love one another and because they love the world and us, Jesus prayed that the Father would glorify his name, not that the Father would save him from death. Okay, you get that? He wanted the Father to glorify His name, but not to save Him from death. Jesus kept His focus on His Father and on doing the Father's will. So as we have seen many times, the Father and the Son glorified one another. The Father glorified His name when He sent Jesus into the world, and the Father promised 
Jesus that he would glorify his name again when Jesus died on the on the cross as a sacrifice for our sins when Jesus was buried in a tomb when Jesus rose from the dead when Jesus ascended into heaven and when Jesus sent and still sins sends okay the SENDS the Holy Spirit to live within believers so they can love and glorify God by their words and the works too. From eternity past, present, and future, from the beginning of creation and throughout history, the Father and the Son have loved each other and have glorified the names of one another. So no one in the crowd because the people that stood by, they heard and they said that it thundered when, when the, the angels, uh, they said, and they said an angel spake to him. Uh, but when Jesus said, Father, glorify thy name, then came a voice from heaven and was said to Jesus, I have glorified it and was glorified again. And some heard it as thunder and some said they, it, some, they heard an angel speak. So no one in the crowd recognize the voice as the voice of God. On the one hand, some just thought they had heard thunder with no religious significance. On the other hand, some heard a distinct voice from heaven instead of thunder, but they attributed the voice to an angel. Believers and non-believers can hear the same thing, but believers can perceive the things of God, whereas unbelievers will reduce the things of God to nothing. My goodness, that is a really, really loaded thought. Believers and unbelievers can hear the same thing but believers can perceive the things of God, whereas unbelievers will reduce the things of God to nothing, to no thing, okay? So the crowd heard Jesus pray. Jesus explained that what they had heard in reply was not thunder, but a voice. They heard Jesus pray to the Father, and they heard the Father answer Jesus' prayer with a voice they could hear and understand if they had spiritual perception. Now, Jesus did not need to hear the answer to his prayer. He and the Father were perfectly united in purpose, and Jesus was perfectly obedient to his Father. He knew that the Father glorified his name and would continue to do so. Jesus was Jesus, com Jesus as Jesus completed the tasks before him. The crowd learned that what they were seeing and hearing from Jesus related to the Father honoring his name through Jesus and his continuing to honor his name through Jesus in everything, in everything Jesus would do in the future, no matter what happened to be the case when he has lifted up and died up on a cross disregarding his shame. My, my, my. No matter what appeared to be the case, I repeat,
when he was lifted up and died upon a, a cross, disregarding his shame. My God, my God. So when those of this world crucified Jesus, they openly revealed the fact that they were murderers like their father. Earlier in John 8, verse 44, Jesus had told the religious leaders, you are from your father the devil and you would choose to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks according to his own nature, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Jesus was, of course, speaking of their spiritual uh, father by Jesus' death and talking about their spiritual father who was Satan, okay? Now, by Jesus' death and resurrection, God showed and openly judged that the ways of this world are evil and people are not to live in the ways of this world, especially those who claimed to be followers of Jesus. Now, Jesus also taught that this world has an evil spiritual ruler, but Jesus would win the ultimate victory over him when he died and rose again. Now, in John, the 12th chapter, the 48th through the 49th verses, Jesus also taught that there will be a future judgment. The one who rejects me and does not receive my word as a judge. On the last day, the word that I have spoken will serve as judge, for I have not spoken on my own, but the Father who sent me has himself given me a commandment about what to say and what to speak. Furthermore, through Jesus' death and resurrection, the ruler of this world, the devil, will be driven out. He will be driven out. He will be driven out. So he's doing all the harm that he can while he can because his day is coming to an end. The devil is driven out when believers accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior, for Jesus frees those who believe in him from the power of Satan, from the fear of death that Satan wields, and from slavery to sin that leads to death. The devil was finally driven out when Jesus returns as he promised. The devil will be, excuse me, finally driven out when Jesus returns as he promised. As Jesus taught in Matthew, the 25th chapter in the 41st verse, when the ruler of this world is finally driven out, he will be sent to the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Until then, we fight a vanquished enemy, an enemy defeated by our almighty God, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, Jesus would be glorified when he was lifted up from the earth, when he was crucified, which 
he may have explained to his disciples and the crowd. For in John, the 12th chapter and the 34th verse, the crowd indicated they understood that Jesus was speaking of his death. Now, learning the fact that the only begotten Son of God would die as a sacrifice for our sins, as sinful as we are, so God could mercifully forgive us and adopt us into His family will influence or draw people to come to Jesus and believe in Him. So when we preach and teach the good news that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures and that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures, the Holy Spirit uses the truth to draw people to believe in Jesus. That's 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter, and the third through the fourth verses. The word draw is also used in John the 6th chapter and the 44th verse when Jesus declared and promised, No one can come to me unless by the Father who sent me, and I will raise that person up on the last day. John described all people in Revelation 7 verses 9 through 10. After this I looked and there was a great multitude that no one could count for every nation from all tribes and peoples and languages standing before the throne and before the Lamb, robed in white with palm branches in their hands. They cried out in a loud voice, saying, Salvation belongs to our God, who is seated on the throne, and to the Lamb. Jesus did not teach that every single human being would be saved because he taught in Matthew, the 25th chapter and the 46th verse, that some will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. My, 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 my. Jesus never contradicted himself. The Apostle Paul wrote in Philippians, the second chapter, the eighth through the eleventh verses, that Jesus humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. I'm not sure. Therefore, God also highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the time of Jesus, every knee should bend in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Every knee will bow before Jesus Christ someday, but only the children of God will bow down before the Father and the Son with love and joy in their hearts to glorify them and give them thanks. Hallelujah. Now, he, he, then he said, this 12th chapter and 33rd verse, then he said, signifying what death should he should die. Here, John clearly stated that Jesus meant he was going to die by crucifixion, and the crowd understood what, his, what this meant. Furthermore, 
in and through his death, his father would be glorified and so would Jesus. The the crowd rightly understood that the Messiah and the Son of Man are two titles for the same person. However, since this is so, they wanted to know how the Messiah, meaning the Son of Man, could be crucified and die since they had had understood from their teachers of the Old Testament that the Messiah, the Son of Man, would come and reign on the earth as king over all the nations of the earth forever. And that's R-E-I-G-N, reign, reign, okay? Now, since Jesus claimed to be the Son of Man, they wanted Jesus to explain himself as the Son of Man meaning Messiah, for he was not the son of man of their expectations or as they had been taught. The crowd thought of the son of man, the Messiah, only in political terms that made the Jews, with the help of a political Messiah, become the rulers of the world with all the accompanying benefits. Jesus wanted them to see the Son of Man, meaning the Messiah, in both spiritual and political terms by defining the Son of Man in spiritual terms. First, Jesus defined the Son of Man as the light, often understood as the truth, okay? The truth the truth who is Jesus, for Jesus said he is the way, the truth, and the life, would only be with them visibly a little while longer because he would soon die on the cross. If people believe in and follow the truth who is Jesus, then they will make the political difference that God intends to make through the power of Jesus, and they will do so through the kingdom of God. A nation where most people are free from the power of Satan and the fear of death through faith in Jesus Christ will definitely be better in every way than a nation where most of the people are living in darkness as slaves of Satan. Second, Jesus told the crowd that people needed to walk, meaning practice, okay, the truth while they had the truth visibly demonstrated before them and with them. They needed to commit themselves to the truth that is Jesus and make a habit of speaking and doing the truth when Jesus was with them, for he would not be with them visibly as the word made flesh much longer. Jesus spoke of spiritual light and spiritual darkness. If we walk in the spiritual light that is Jesus, we will be able to see our way through the spiritual darkness of this world, whether the ruler of this world still has the power to deceive, though he has been defeated by Jesus. 
the world, the flesh, and the devil still have power, but limited power, because those who follow the light, that is Jesus, have been freed from slavery to sin and the fear of death. As we will soon learn in our study of John's Gospel, Judas chose to walk in the darkness even though he ate at the table with the light and listened to it. The truth. He ate at the table with it, listened to the truth. Therefore, he did not know where he was going until after he betrayed Jesus and went back to the priests and confessed as we read in Matthew the 27th chapter the 4th through the 5th verses I have sinned by betraying innocent blood but they said what is that to us see to it yourself throwing down the pieces of silver in the temple he departed and he went and hanged himself. See, Jesus knew that's why Jesus was so sad about him because he knew what was going to go on with him. My God, my God. So, see to it. What is that to us? See to it yourself. Throwing down the pieces of silver in the temple, he departed and went and hanged himself. Ooh, isn't that something to be destined for that? It's, ooh, my God. Jesus is the light who told people the truth about God, reality, and the dangers of walking in the darkness of this world. When he told people the truth, he challenged them to believe the truth and believe in him, the light. When we hear the truth of and about Jesus, we need to believe the truth of Jesus while we have the opportunity, for we will not always have the opportunity. When we have the opportunity to share the light and truth that is Jesus with others, we need to do so with the understanding that we may not have another opportunity and they might not either. So true. Jesus promised that if we believe in him, the light, then we may become children of light, children of the truth, children of our Heavenly Father, brothers and sisters of Jesus, and one another. Until we believe the truth and believe in the light, we will remain children of darkness. Until they turn to the light and believe in Jesus, children of darkness walk in darkness, and they do not know where they are going as sin and Satan tighten their grip on them. So after answering their question, Jesus departed and hid from them to teach his disciples before making one last appeal to the people to listen to the truth and believe in him for salvation from uh, darkness and death. My, my, my. What an awesome lesson 
What an awesome, awesome lesson. How to avoid deception and darkness. My goodness. So we have the questions here for your, uh, just a little uh, exercise for you if you'd like to do it. Since, number one, since Jesus is the Son of God, why do you think his soul was troubled about his coming crucifixion and death? Number two, did Jesus pray to the Father that he would not die? If not, why? And how did Jesus pray to his Father? Number three, what are what or who is the rule of this world? What is his destiny? Number four, what did Jesus mean when he said that he would be lifted up from the earth? What else might he have meant that he did not tell the crowd? Number five, as the son of man, how did Jesus describe himself to the crowd? Oh, it's a wonderful, wonderful lesson. And this lesson is for November the 1st, Sunday, November the 1st, 2020. And it's wonderful. How to avoid deception and darkness. I love you. This is Greater Gospel Temple and Inspiration of God Ministries. 469-629-9543. GGT Church 66 at yahoo.com I love you, I love you, I love you let me hear from you, okay and Sunday morning at 7 a.m. my schedule is for 7 a.m. join me for live Sunday webcast join me may the Lord richly bless and keep each and every one of you This is a day that God has made, and I will rejoice and be glad in it. Guide me over thy great Jehovah, pilgrim through this barren land. I am weak, but thou art mighty. Hold me with thy powerful hand. And I always like that. When Mr. Chris or our brother Deacon Gardner, Mr. Chris, uh, Deacon Chris was at Mount Olive and Deacon Gardner was at Antioch. And the bread of heaven, bread of heaven, and Deacon Butler at Mount Olive. Feed me till I want no more. I haven't forgotten those. It's my roots. God is a good God. Oh, yes, he is. He's a lily of the valley. He's a bright and morning star. Oh, yes, he is. Glory to God in the highest. Peace on earth. Good will toward men. Because the Lord loves us, he's good to us. Every soul is important to God. That's why Jesus Christ came so that we might have life and have it more abundantly. There are processes processes that we go through on a daily basis. Some days the experiences are not as pleasant as others, but there's a song that says, all of my good days outweigh my bad days, and I won't complain, hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. I won't complain. I am trying to get this to do what it needs to do. I'm going to watch, fight, and pray. I'm going to watch, fight, and Pray, I'm going to watch, fight and pray, until I die, until I die, I'm going to watch, fight and pray, I'm going to watch, fight and I'm going to watch, fight and pray until I die. I'm going to stay on my bended knees. I'm going to stay on my bended knees. I'm going to stay on. My bend in me until I die, until I die. I'm gonna stay on my bend in me. I'm going to stay on bend in me. I'm gonna stay on my bend in until I die, until I die.